0: Verse 1, the Bible says, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the place is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now, notice that the place uh, for God should be the best place. You know, we've discussed, I think, this already. But... Uh, <clears throat> and that's true in a sense when it comes to maybe uh, physical things or material things but the really what God wants the best thing God wants is God wants you I mean it wouldn't make any difference tonight what kind of a a place we had here as far as the material things if uh if we did if we didn't have if if God wasn't in the right place if God didn't couldn't use us and uh God couldn't be honored through us then that's not the best you see that's what God wants you see folks material things God don't need them and they're all his anyway you know what I mean people so think well you know we we bought this for the Lord you know uh, we built this for the Lord you know and you know all these kind of things but that's not that's not what the Bible says it's no good what you do for God if you are not right yourself see and that's what God wants and and it says God hath chosen; He's yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the place is not for man. See, the Bible said, "You're not your own; you bought with the price." You understand that? Now, God never told a New Testament Christian to build a place where He could meet. That's the Old Testament. Amen. You I mean, you understand it, don't you? I mean, you know, you got a lot of things they know. They say, well, you ought to be faithful to the house of God. And if you're not in church Sunday morning, you're unfaithful to God's house. You know, that's, uh, that's pretty good if, but you, 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 you don't mean that in a doctrinal sense because that's not Bible. That's not New Testament. Uh, this place ain't no more God's house than your house and no place else. Now, I realize it's a place we set aside to meet and we use it for that. But when you start talking about a place for God, uh, the place that God wants is in you. Amen. No, you're not. Your body's the temple of the Holy Ghost, and, and I told you Sunday, God dwells in you. And if you're saved, uh, God is always wherever you are. God is there, amen. amen. So uh, God deals with the man today not inside a building, but God deals with the man today outside the camp at a place called Calvary, amen. amen. Uh, God's not dwelling in the big fancy uh, buildings and the uh, uh, c- 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 coliseums like church that's not where God dwells God dwelling with people that will meet him outside the camp you know at Calvary alright notice uh, verse 2 there now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for things to be made of gold and the silver for things of silver and the brass for things of brass and the iron for things of iron and the wood for things of wood Oxen stones and stones to be set glitter We call it glittering. I reckon or glistering stones and of divers colors and all manners of precious stone and Marble stone in abundance. You see now notice David said I prepared with all my might See, whatever you do for the Lord should be with all your might Amen. I mean, why would you go out here today or tomorrow or yesterday and give give something, everything you got and it comes to come the Lord, you'll be half at it, you know. And that's what he's talking about, you know. Uh, and then you notice something else in that verse, how the things of the judgment seat of Christ, the type of gold and silver and precious stone. You see that? And we'll discuss those things a little bit more later on. All right, verse 3. Moreover, because I have set... My affections to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper goods of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. Notice that David not only gave the things that he was going to give for the house of God, he made a personal contribution. Do you see that? He says in that verse, I have, I have, uh, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver which I have given to the house of my God. You see that? I mean, David didn't just give what he took from his enemies back there in the battle and those things, he the spoil from battle that God gave him the victory. He was giving some of his own personal stuff. He made a, like a personal uh, contribution to that thing. You know, uh, he's talking about the money. You know, all the money and labor going in this great place for the Lord. Now, let me show you the danger of our calling something like that materialist the house of God. Now, we we, we hadn't finished this thing yet. We get in her in the book of Kings. We're going to see all the construction, the labor and materials and how all this temple was built. But uh, this was a fabulous thing. And, and somebody one time said that temple day would be, it would be in the billions of dollars where it was worth the gold that was put in it and the silver and the timber and all these things Uh, but that was still a material thing see now now let me show you something here maybe you don't understand this point here this is something you need to get a hold of tonight Uh, all this money and all this labor and all this planning and all this work went in this building you know what God said about it later on how I many remember? We studied the book of Jeremiah. You remember that thing? God told Jeremiah, I'm going to make that place like Bethel. I'm going to tear it to the ground and burn it and plow the ground underneath it. You see that? That's what happened. Remember when we studied Jeremiah, the temple at Jerusalem? That's what we're talking about. This is, this is the one. Because after they built it, what they do? See? They turn and worship by turned away from God. You see, that's what I'm trying to show you. It don't matter what kind of a building you got, what kind of a place you got, how much material, how much wealth it is. If you turn from God, what good is it? That's one thing it, that I just get so disgusted with. When I ride up the road, I don't care where I go, and I'll be riding around. Boy, I look over here's a big piece of land, five or ten acres, and here's a big building back there worth maybe... A half a million dollars on it says Church of Christ, man! What a waste! <laughs> all that time, all that money, all that, for a bunch of people's going to hell. Right. You write along, you say Kingdom Hall, big, fine, fancy building. You know, I mean, all these places—they—they <laughs> they got all this land, all this investment, and all this money and material things. And what good is it just to send a bunch of people to hell? See? It's no good. It's no good. If, if if that building over there is one in four miles, big, fabulous place right on the highway, you know, big building, a lot of land, pretty green grass. It looks good outside. If they believe what the church of Christ teaches, them people's going to hell. Right. Amen. They ain't getting saved no water hole. God ain't interested in that junk. Amen. And that's exactly what happened to this thing here. After they got all this thing built and all this... Um, silver and gold and uh Laban all these things in it then years later uh God told Jeremiah said you tell him I'm going to tear that thing down I'm going to burn it up and plow the ground under it and he did Amen. he did you know why because it wasn't used for God it didn't mean nothing to God see I mean that's the way it is you see Now I, I'm not against a building with comfortable and all that, you know. I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not against that. But I'm gonna tell you something, folks. There ain't no building worth nothing There ain't no preaching going, in the Bible ain't going on in it. Now, we we don't have a great building here and nothing like that. I know that, and I, I tell you the truth, I'm not. I'm not, that don't interest me at all. You know, I mean. Uh, you know, all these seem things. I me mean, the only thing they're really interested in is getting a fine building, you know, and getting it real comfortable and getting it real looking real good. It don't seem to me like that interested in nothing else. I'm not interested in those things, you know. I mean, we, we, we don't have it too bad here. We, we have stayed a lot, have it better. But if this place got full, which it probably won't, and we didn't have room, I'd consider, you know, well, we need to build something and get expand, but, uh, maybe one day I'll, people will enjoy some sweet preaching. We'll fill it up, amen. I doubt it, but maybe. But if we did, then I'd consider. But, but I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, this, this is alright. This is good enough. We don't, we don't get wet in here when it rains. You can't hear yourself faint. We don't get wet and we don't get too cold if it ain't too cold. And we don't get too hot if it ain't too hot. But I mean, but, uh, you know. But you see, this thing, this great thing that David did and he got through with it, uh, what, how did it wind up? Why the devil got in it. Yeah. Amen. amen and, and God tow it up, you see? I mean you go to all this expense putting up all these big fancy buildings and these big fancy type coliseums and all this stuff and then what happens? Uh, the devil gets in it, you throw the word of God out, God ain't, God ain't there and it ain't nothing, just another uh, flesh pot religion where the devil comes and you that's no good. you know that's, that's no good. Now, I'll tell you something else. You got to watch this damn time. You got to watch out for these preachers, that never, never, they never become missionary minded until they get to building. Right. I'll tell you a good one. That Jerry Falwell, huh? When he wanted to build, he got begin to think about missionaries. You know, get that money coming in. Right. You know. I don't know, I, I a lot of these fellas think, I don't think like they do, They there's, there's something different about the way they think and the way I think, you know, I mean, uh, maybe they're right, but I don't think so, I mean, I, I try to follow the Bible, and I don't I don't want to get caught off on this, you know, the way this thing goes, but uh, a lot of these fellas, the things they do, I just can't match them, I mean, they must have read another book, I can't find all the things they're doing in the Bible, see, I think the most important thing is for people to have a place where they can meet and honor God and God honor what they do and say and the Word of God work in their life. Amen. Now, to me, that's first. <laughs> then, right. if you're doing that and you still need a building, go get you one. <laughs> but I don't think the building ought to come first. Amen. All right. I just thought I'd kind of put that on you. All right, let's get back. What was that? First Chronicles 29... Uh, verse 5. Even three talents of gold, of the gold of Ophia, and seven thousand talents of refined silver, to overlay the walls of the house with all. In other words, that's, you know, like, uh, you know, putting it together. Well, I read verse 4. I'm probably in verse 5, ain't it? Verse 5. Alright, verse 5. First Chronicles uh, 29, 5. Don't you notice this? The gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver and for all manner of work to be made by the hands of art or art, art, art fishes. Is that, is that the way it goes? The word is uh, artist. It, it's like a, you know what an artist is. The artist is a person that, that works with material. You know, a person that's good with the material he's working with. And that's what it's talking about here. Uh, the silversmiths with the silver and the goldsmiths with the goldsmith. No, no, no. All right. And then notice what it, and then notice the last part of that verse. I want you to pay too close attention to this question. And unto, and unto, and who then is willing to concentrate his service this day unto the Lord? Notice the question. The great question. Who is willing. To concentrate His service this day unto the Lord. <laughs> huh? Amen. Of course, you want to know what that is? That's Romans 12.1. You know what Romans 12.1 says? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. Amen. And be not conformed to this world. Amen. See? So a man when a man presents himself to God for service, what is the first requirement? He's got to be a non conformer. You see? A man can't be in the service for God and conform to the world. All right. Now that's right along with that. Now don't you know something about that thing? Who then is willing to concentrate his service this day unto the Lord? You see? Now notice how this how this is to be. Notice how this service is to be. Notice there in verse 6. The last part of verse 6. It says, With the rulers of the king's works offered willingly. You see that? It's got to be willingly. Right? Look at verse 9. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly. You see it? Notice verse 14. Verse 14. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly? Alright. Notice in verse 17. Verse 17. I know also my God that thou tryest the heart and has pleasure in uprightness. As for me in the uprightness of mine heart I have willingly offered. You see that. So the service of the Lord has to be a willing thing. And you have to offer it willingly. You see? It's not a demanding thing. I mean, if it's not willingly, then it's not unto the Lord, and that's not the attitude, and God wouldn't have it. Amen? Now, Solomon is a type of Christ... And his reign is a type of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ on this earth for a thousand years. All right. Now, I want to show you uh, something that's, maybe just turn your page over there to uh, Second Chronicles, just a minute. And notice chapter 9, Chronicle Chronicles chapter 9, I'll, I'll show you a type of that of what's going to happen in the millennial. Second Chronicles nine. That's on page four ninety eight in the Schofield Bible. I don't know what it is on the other one. <laughs> all right. Notice in Second uh, Chronicles chapter nine, and I don't. I'm not going to discuss all this, but the first twelve chapters. What you got here, you got a picture of the Gentiles coming to Jerusalem in the Millennial to see Christ. See that. The Queen of Sheba, you know who she was? How many know? She was a Gentile, right? And uh, Jesus mentioned her over there in Matthew. He mentioned the Queen of Sheba. Notice what it says in Second uh, Chronicles 9, verse 1. And when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem with a very great company of camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones and when she was come to Solomon she communed with him of all that was in her heart huh now notice in verse (coughs) 2 and Solomon told her all her questions and there was nothing hid from Solomon which he told her not you see that when Christ reigns on this earth, any question is asked, he'll answer it to the Gentiles. You see that? And that's a They that. read, read those first 12 verses and you'll find a, a good picture of that in there. Alright? Alright, notice verse 6. 1 Chronicles 29, 6. Then the chief of the fathers and prince of the tribe of Israel and the captains of thousands and of hundreds and the rulers of the king's work offered willingly. Alright, so David made his plea and thousands offered their services willingly. You see that? Now, you know something today? And let me just give you something practical here. I always do this. Um in church today if the preacher stands up and says we need some folks that would do something for the Lord you know and it may be a specific thing but you know the first thing that people think about when that's asked huh <laughs> well good ain't no way I could do it on Thursday <laughs> you know hey I know For I've been in this thing a long time you know, I, I was in a church one time that had over 300 in Sunday school Sunday morning. You listening? And they have a visitation program, I think, on Tuesday night. And I've been on that visitation program on Tuesday night, and sometimes I was the only one there. And sometimes there'd be two or three more show up. Amen? But I'll tell you, that same church, now listen, with that same attendance, when they had a ball game on Friday night, you couldn't stir them with a stick they were so thick. Amen. Now, I'm just going to be playing because you don't understand so I'm going to explain. That means people just ain't willing to do nothing for the Lord. All right. All right. See? And you know why they're not willing to do nothing for the Lord? Because their heart's not right with the Lord. That's right. Now I realize, I mean, you know, I, I was they kind of put me over the visitation program and uh, I heard so many excuses. Uh, a fellow said, well, the street, I can't come Tuesday night. It just ain't no way. I said, well, uh, how about Thursday night? Well, I could come Thursday night. So you know what I've done? I got rid of. I said we're gonna have a visitation program every night, but Sunday and Wednesday. And I had one Monday, and I had one Tuesday, and I had one Thursday, and I had one Friday, and I had one Saturday. Nobody had no excuses. Right. <laughs> you know what happened? It didn't last very long because they still didn't come. Right. See what I'm trying to show you? All right, that's kind of rough, ain't it? Verse seven and gave for the service of the house of God of gold five thousand talents and five and ten thousand dramats and of silver ten thousand talents and of brass eighteen thousand talents and one hundred thousand talents of iron. Now, I don't know what the bag it is, but that's a bunch. Amen. Verse eight. And they with whom precious stones were found, gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jehiel, the Gesamite. Then the people rejoiced. Now listen to this. Listen to this now real close. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with a perfect heart you see that you see what I just told you? You see. You see what it takes to offer willingly unto the Lord. It takes a perfect heart. The heart's got to be right. You see that, All right? And here's the reason. The Bible says, "With a perfect heart, they offered willingly to the Lord, and David the king also rejoiced with great joy." See, so when there's uh, when there's a heart is right, and it's willingly, what happens? It don't make you sad, does it? The Bible said they rejoice with great joy. You see that? I mean, let me tell you something, folks. You won't never be... There won't nothing that will make you no happier than doing something for the Lord. I don't care what it is. It won't. You know? I mean, sometimes it's nice to get cussed out a little bit. Amen? I mean, sometimes it's nice to have people talk about you. You know, if if, if, it's, if it's the right thing. Now, if you, if you deserve it, that ain't too good. Amen? but if you do if you're right with God sometimes it's good for people to say something about you amen? amen all right let's notice verse 10 there verse 10 all right now wherefore david blessed the lord huh look at that see David blessed the lord huh and the Bible says, before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. You see that? All right, verse 11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness, and the power, and the glory, and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is is thine thine is the kingdom O Lord thou art exalted as head above all now if you know the Bible what does that remind you of what he just said there huh I'm gonna show you something here and watch this real close I'm gonna gonna show you something here take your Bible turn to Matthew chapter 6 Matthew chapter 6, and this is supposed to be what they call the Lord's Prayer, which, of course, is not the Lord's Prayer, but I'm going to tell you what. How many know what Matthew chapter 6? What kind of prayer is that? Hmm? Huh? All right, let's read it, Matthew 6, 13. Matthew 6, 13, page 1002. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, the Bible says... And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now compare that verse with the one we just read. In uh, First Chronicles 29, verse 11. Notice what David said. He said, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power, that is the power, and the glory, there's the glory. And the last part, thine is the kingdom. So you got them all three there, amen? There's three things. The kingdom, the power, and the glory. You with me? Now listen. In every Bible, but a King James Bible, just about, I'll read you Matthew 6, verse 13. It says, And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. And the rest of it ain't in there. Huh? Now, why would anybody want to take that out? Why would anybody want to take out the kingdom? Huh? Well, now, if you know your Bible, what kind of kingdom are we talking about? We're talking about a Jewish kingdom, aren't we? Huh? We're talking about a Jewish kingdom that's going to be set up on this earth. So, you know what somebody wants you to think? They want you to think the Gentiles are going to bring in that kingdom. That's called post millennial. See? Somebody wants you to think that Europeans and Africans and American people are going to bring in that kingdom without the king. It ain't going to happen. You see the danger of these new Bibles? They're post millennial. You don't want to fool with them. You couldn't be a Bible believer and have an NIV because it's, it's one of them. it takes that out. You don't find it in there. The new the NIV says, "Give us our debts; we forgive our debtors." And that's it. It goes the next verse. Recommended by uh, a lot of schools. The New American Standard version does the same thing. Recommended by Bob Jones, Tennessee Temple, Dallas, uh, East West Side, um, all those schools recommend that junk you see that in John 4 Jesus said salvation is of the Jews see now what they want you to think they want you to think that they say when Christ died on the cross and he rose from the dead he set up the kingdom see in Earth, he's ruling now. Spiritually. What they're denying, they're denying the coming of Christ and setting up a kingdom on this earth. And when that kingdom is set up, it's going to be a Jewish kingdom. That prayer in Matthew 13 is not the Lord's Prayer. It's a Jewish tribulation prayer. You see that? And you'll find people that say the Lord's Prayer and they'll quote Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, 10, 11, 12 and 13 the Lord's Prayer is in John chapter 17 we discussed that already alright 1st Chronicles 29 verse 12 the Bible said both riches and honor come of thee and thou reignest over all and in thy hand is power and might and in thy hand is it to make great and to give strength unto all. Now let me show you something there. Notice there, that's what God likes. Hmm. That's what God likes. You say, how you know? Alright, look back up at verse 10 again. Look at verse 10. It said, Wherefore David blessed the Lord. How many know what blessed means? It means make happy, right? David blessed the Lord. How did he bless the Lord? He bragged about Him. Amen. See? When you tell somebody that the Lord bless you, you're saying, Lord make you happy. Right. You see that? And you bless the Lord when you do what the Lord wants, what do you do? You brag about Him. Amen? Amen. You don't mind telling people how wrong His word is. Amen? Yeah. See? Now, you guys, you got some stuff going on around here today, you know. You probably saying, especially in this charismatic bunch, you know, they they get up and say, "Oh, praise the Lord." Let me tell you something. That ain't praising the Lord. You know, you start thinking about it just a minute. Uh, praising the Lord is. Somebody giving it, talking about praising the Lord while they in the same breath call God a lie. You know somebody says when they stand up and say they're saved and say they can lose the salvation, they've called God a lie. Do you think they got any praise to offer God? They don't have nothing to offer God. God not interested in that at all. I'll tell you what honors God. I know I'm eternally saved. Because I know when Christ died on the cross, He saved me forever. Amen. Alright. The Bible says, David said, Both riches and honor cometh of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thy hand is power and might and in thy hand is it is to be made great and to give strength unto all see now the bible says david blessed the lord the lord was pleased with that huh you ever heard a preacher get up and say i'll tell you folks praise god and i told you praise god and somebody's gonna go to hell praise god you ever heard that kind of stuff you know why they say that? They ain't got no message. They ain't got nothing to say. Isn't that stupid? Them women's bad about that. Them women preachers, boy. I'm telling you, oh man, oh my gosh! Y'all to hear what I'm, you know? They say two words and say praise the Lord four times. They ain't got nothing to say. You know what I'm talking about? See? All right. Notice in verse twelve. He said both riches and honor come of thee and thou reignest over all and in thy hand is power and might and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength over all. And of course that's true. That's true. God is God over everything. See? But you know what that is? That's talking about uh, 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 when Christ reigns over this earth a kingship reign and that's also talking about a, a sovereign kingship notice it says make great and to give strength unto all you see that's a sovereign kingship where God does what he wants to when he wants to do it you see that I mean can you see the the authority in that verse of God you see that Look at verse 13. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. <laughs> we praise thy glorious name. Boy, you could stop there a minute, couldn't you? What's his glorious name? Huh? Read Isaiah 9 6. His name shall be called Wonderful Mighty Counselor prince of peace his name in the revelations called the word of God Amen and the Bible says therefore our God we thank thee and praise thy glorious name huh verse 14 but where am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort, for all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. Huh? That's a great thing for a Christian. See? Great things. You see? You give God? You give anything to God? Where'd you get it? <laughs> huh? I mean, uh, you got something to give God? Where'd it come from? You shall work for it. Well, maybe you did. Whom you think cause you're able to work. Amen. You could be on your back and couldn't wiggle your toes. Right. Amen. Amen. Right. You know, I get sick of people, you know, that bragging about what they are gonna do, what they have done, what they Let me tell you something. Folks. Let me tell you something to you, anybody, anybody. Saved, lost, man, woman, blogger. Without God, you couldn't do nothing. Amen. God could stop you any second. All God got to do is snap His fan. You'd be running for this world. I mean, you'd be running from now on. Amen. Amen. There's people tonight. I know some people that's less than 30 years old that never hit a lick of work in their life and never will. They're not able to. Amen. Take your Bible and turn to Romans 11 just a minute. Romans chapter eleven. You know we're prone to forget a lot of things. We all remember, amen. You know, really. Let's see, Romans eleven. Let's look at verse, uh, verse thirty-three. Romans eleven thirty-three, page twelve o six. Listen to this, Romans eleven thirty-three. All the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. And listen to verse 34. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been his counselor? Could you counsel the Lord? Huh? Verse 35. Or who hath first given to him? And it shall be recompensed unto him again. Huh? What would you ever give God? He didn't pay you back more than you ought to have. Huh? For in Him and through Him and to Him are all things. Boy, listen to that. Huh? I never heard Jimmy Swaggart quote that verse on TV. For of Him and through him and to him, amen, amen, are all things to whom be glory. Huh? Right. Amen. Verse 15 For we are strangers before thee and sojourners. As were all our fathers, and our days on the earth are as shatters, and there is none abiding. That's a good verse for a Christian. You're a sojourner, stranger and a pilgrim's earth, huh? You know are saying, it's saying your life is like a shatter. Amen. There's none abiding, huh? Amen. Hmm? Right. You know where we're all heading tonight? We're all heading out. We're all heading out if we don't head up first. Amen. Amen? We're all on the way out, knowing about it. I mean, you think about that. And then think about this. If God ain't nothing in your life, what what's your life amount? What does it amount to? Huh? If your life is not effective in giving glory to God in some way, what are you worth? Verse 16 ties right in with this. O Lord, our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee a house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand And is all thine own. You know what he said? He said, Lord, all this stuff that we are giving and putting together to build your house, it comes from you and is all yours to start with. Huh? How about that? Let me tell you something. That's a good verse to talk to somebody that's got money. That's a, that's a bad subject. You don't hear, hear much about that. This, that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stop a minute and show you something the Bible says about that, huh? There's there's several warnings in the Bible about people with money. They almost understand me. It's good to have some, I reckon. You know. But let me read you something in the, in the New Testament. Take your Bible, turn to First Timothy six. First Timothy chapter six. Let's. Let me show you something here. I don't get on this too often, but I can. You know, I know, I know much about this doctrines. I do, or any of the rest of them in the Bible. Look at First Timothy chapter six, verse seventeen. That's on page twelve seventy-eight. That's my phone number twelve seventy-eight. First Timothy six, verse seventeen. The Bible says charge them. You know what Paul telling Timothy? He said tell them this. Huh? Let me tell you something folks. Preachers don't preach what I'm fixing to show you. If I got up one Sunday morning and of course I won't because they won't let me in some big Methodist church or Presbyterian church or Lutheran church where they had 10 or 15 millionaires saying preach what I'm fixing to show you. There'd be some Shifting around very shortly. Amen. Charge them that are rich in this world. Alright, that's somebody that's got money in this world. That they be not high minded, not trust in uncertain riches. They said the Bible said about riches. What did it say? It said they are uncertain. Amen. I'll tell you one way to uncertain. You can go to hell just good rich you can not poor. Uh-huh. You better listen to this now. Not trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. You want know something, you want to be rich and enjoy it? Trust God. That's what the Bible says, doesn't it? you know it's amazing. that's another word notice that word but in the living God that word living is left out of these new Bibles it ain't there I wonder why it ain't there I mean if you talk to the living God you might be trusting any God <laughs> right hmm? see that God says, now let me say something here, there ain't nothing wrong with having money. I mean, hey, if the Lord gives you something, praise God. Amen. Just bring something my way, man. <laughs> but listen, the danger is trusting it. That's where you get in trouble, see. Amen. Amen. You see? That's where you get in trouble. The love of money is to what? See, the danger is loving it, not having it. But there's something about money that does things to people. I've seen it too much. It does things to me. It makes me want to get rid of it. I was thinking about my wife's uncle. He's up in Jacksonville, Florida. He's dying. He may be dead now. They said today this may be his last day. He's going to leave land and... At least a million dollars in cash. He's got, he's got money, I think, in about 10 or 12 banks. He, he can't even put so much because he's only insured by so much. He worked all his life. He's going to die. And somebody else is going to get all the money he worked for. Folks, that'll never happen to me. Won't ever happen to me. Now, when I die, I don't know whether well I leave. Won't be much. But I guarantee, won't nobody fight over the money I leave. Because I find it too easy to get rid of. And it's, and it's too enjoyable to get rid of it. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, Charge them that are rich in that world that they be not high-minded. Right? Not trust in uncertain riches. You know what you need to teach people to do? Trust in the living God. Don't trust your money. Amen. In this world, money is power. But it's still uncertain. Amen. But notice they say that joy is a gift that God gives. Amen. But I'm still, that word living is not in the, I know it's not in the NASV, the NIV, the ASV, and several more I looked up. I wonder why it ain't in there. I'm going to tell you why. Birds of a feather support the Pope together. That's why it ain't in there. That's a Catholic Bible you're reading. That's why. And the Catholic don't want you to trust in the living God. They want you to trust their church.